What a joy to be back in, um, in hometown, you know. Uh, this is the, the place that I stole my little girl from uh, 38 years ago, and then we partnered with you 37 years ago, and we took off for Africa. So that's the, that's, those are the real facts. Um, 38 years of blissful marriage and uh, 37 years of, of bliss, blissful partnership with Bethel. So... Um, our church in France, I know our young pastor said, now when you go home to America, you greet those folks. So you have the greetings of Chalon en Champagne. Say it, Chalon en Champagne. That's good, that's good. You're doing good. Not, not good enough, but that's fine. Because I, I only have 45 minutes. Anyway, um, what a joy as well to, to share our slides with you. Um, um, slides, that's an old PowerPoint. Uh, for those of you that have opened up your homes and, uh, and we've been able to get to know some of you better, uh, thank you so much. We still have a few of those to go. And if you want to get to know us better, we live right over there, okay, for most of the month of May. Uh, you can come and visit us. We would love that. This is, we, we feel like this is our people here. And what we do in France, listen to me, normally when churches send out missionaries, you go and say, now you go and reproduce what you see here. And that keeps you accountable as well. So what you do here in, in, in evangelism and the discipleship of people encourages us to go and do it over there. And we don't want to reverse that, okay? So keep the, keep the fire uh, hot here in, in, uh, in Wilmington. And I, I thank you for the opportunity to come back and, and share um, Pastor has read for you, and I hope that your Bibles, your iPads, your, your, your Kindles, whatever you have, are open to Philippians chapter 4, uh, the secrets of godly contentment. We want to discuss this. Now, this is an interesting passage, and one that most missionaries won't talk from, but this is, this is a missionary writing back to a missionary church, so it's all about missions. The thing that's funny about this is that he's, th th this is Paul writing back and saying, thank you very much. I really didn't need your gift, but since you gave it to me, thank you so much. We'll use it. And God saw it. You imagine a missionary writing back saying, I really don't need your gifts. <laughs> you know, that, that's what's funny about this passage, but that's really what's happening in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 20. And it's so interesting because Paul, he's never, he's never just a thermometer you know, checking out the, you know, the temperature. He's a thermostat. He's always setting the temperature. And what he's going to do is he's going to teach us all about contentment in this passage and, and how he was before he ever got the gift from, from the, the missionary church. And so on we go, Philippians 4, verses 10 to 20. And I'd love to unpack the context a little bit better for you. The founder, Paul, uh, of this organized small church in Philippi, has been gone for probably 10 to, 10 to 12 years. And he's now imprisoned, as Pastor said, in Rome. And he's been there for two to four years. I tend to think it's, it's more like two, not like four. But if you listen closely, and you hear these words, and you, and you read these verses, you can maybe hear his chains rattling. And uh, if you don't, you can definitely see guards and, or hear reports, verbal reports exchanged or, or, or even written ones uh, for those that have him in house arrest. And, um, and so you have this, this uh, imprisoned 
under arrest, Paul going to write to his church and talk to them about contentment. I think that's amazing. That here this man is in, in dire straits, and he's going to use this platform to teach everybody about contentment. And we have the epistle. The missionary story here is quite exhilarating because um, God has interrupted uh, um, you know, a great human missional strategy. And, and if you stick your finger in Philippians chapter 4, and, or flip the pages back to Acts 16, I want to show you something, because this Pauline strategy during the second journey was not to go to Philippi. And uh, Acts chapter 16 gives us that story, so if we can read that really quick, um, you'll, get the, you'll get the point here. Acts chapter 16, verse uh, 6 to 10. All right? So, uh, so here it is. Acts 16, 6 to 10. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been for, for, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Now, think about this. This stuff is not going to set well in Baptistic circles, okay? I'm just telling you. He's forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. That's interesting. Number two, and when they came up to Messiah, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So you've got Pauline strategy going haywire here, all right? He set it out, he's going to go, but the, but the Spirit is saying, no, 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 no. So now what are we going to do? Verse 8, so passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Now get this, a vision When's the last time you were, you were redirected by a dream? Raise your hand. <laughs> don't you have, don't, don't, are you timid or what? You know, I told you this, this doesn't set well in Baptistic. Vision, are you kidding me? Someone had a vision? Yeah, the, the, the Apostle Paul had a vision. And, and there it was. A man, during the night, in his vision, a man from Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision immediately, he sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Can you imagine? It's, it's fantastic to see how uh, God can use it. And would we be so small as to limit God and what he can do and how he can direct us? Isn't that something, how it just sort of derails us a little bit? And Paul says, no, 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 I, I've had a vision, and we're going to Macedonia. And so instead of going towards Asia, get, now get this, now you've got to understand this, instead of going to Asia, he makes a left turn and heads towards where? Towards Europe, people. <laughs> Don't you understand? This is, this is we're, we're heading directly towards Europe, and that's, that's great for me. That's good preaching material, you know. So, so there you have it. This unknown Macedonian man standing and begging, come over and help us. And that was the beginning of the story of the little church in Philippi. Philippians is, is now this missionary book written to this small missionary church. And its theme is joy. Joy in chains, house arrest, Nero, future death, joy everywhere. Our chapter 4 deals with contentment. 
but it also is a thank you. Paul wants to thank the Philippian church and their gifts that finally came through Epaphroditus who brought them, and he's uh, using thankfulness to teach us about contentment, which leads us to ultimate joy. And that's sort of like unpacking the, the context. So here you are, Paul, the, the thermostat, controlling the temperature. He is never a victim. Get this. He is never a victim. He is always a victor. All right? He's always claiming victory. You, you do this all the time, right? Say amen, please. I didn't hear you. You are always claiming victory. That's what Paul is doing here. He's he's a victor. We're not going to to catch Paul talking about the bad days. I'm having a bad day. Can you imagine that? The Apostle Paul saying, this day's a little rough. You never do that, right? Everybody has a right to a bad day. Have you ever heard that? For Paul, that wouldn't set very well, okay? So it doesn't fit with this context. And So what are the secrets in the circumstances, you know, that he's penning contentment? So how's he getting there? Paul is, is this guy in Philippians 1.21, just a few chapters earlier, says, for me to live is what? Say it. Christ and to die is it's win-win it doesn't matter no matter what life brings his way and no and even death it's Christ and so and so imagine the court system that has to judge this man (laughs) you know think about it how are we going to get to this guy he's he's winning everywhere Imagine, imagine the soldier, now get this, people. Imagine the soldier that has to kill him. Now, do I kill him or not? And he's going to. Tradition says he lost his head. Right, Dwight? Is that right? Sword. He's going to lose his head. He knows it. He feels that. And he's writing about contentment. Are you going to lose your head? But we have the bad days. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? This, this is phenomenal stuff. So uh, there you go. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need life. He doesn't need death. He doesn't need anything. He just needs Jesus Christ. That's an amazing summary of his life. For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. He is content And the Philippian church, in all of that contentment, sends him a gift. It's it's amazing. All Paul needs is Christ. Can you and I say this morning, in our circumstances, it's okay. I know that some of you are suffering greatly this morning. I know that. But it would behoove us to get to that point and to say, it's all right. It's all right. And that's what Paul's, he's going to drive us to that. What are the secrets of of his contentment? Number one, quickly, look at God's providence. Stop and bask in the providential hand of God, verses 10 and 11. If you take away the providential hand of God, you know what hand you got left? Yours. That's pitiful. 
That's a pitiful situation, and it will cause suffering. So you need, that's one of the secrets. We're going to talk about that. Uh, back in my day, Nike, I don't know if they still do it, they just said, just do it, you know? Isn't that right? Nike, does, does he still, just do it. You just do it. Uh, really? Is that the philosophy we want? And, and another one that came out of my day, and this might date me a little, Mazda. The more you look, the more you, what? The more you look, the more you like. You remember that or not? Am I just old? Some of you have bald heads out there, you know? you got to remember this stuff. But it's all about you, you, you. And if you take away God's providential hand, we are left with us, and that is pitiful. And so that's number one. Look at God's providence. Look at God's power. Think of God's power, the invincible, eternal power working in you. Paul has already alluded to it in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection can you honestly say that you're going to walk down this aisle leave this church and you're going to say i'm going to go eat lunch and i'm eating it in the power of the resurrection no matter where i go no matter what i do today i'm going out with power point the end so you've got to look at god's power that's another secret to uh to contentment three look at his partnerships experience his partnerships verses 14 to 18 and we're going to take a look at that in the fourth one now let me tell you about the fourth one i'm not even going to give you the p but american pastors now this doesn't happen in france but american pastors they just love alliteration right p p p p p right you got it there what's the fourth one no you don't do that chris no okay because sometimes it doesn't fit but this time it fits all right and i'm not going to tell you the fourth point you're going to have to stay with me. And if you're sleeping, you're going to miss it because I'm going to ask you what the fourth point is, all right? So you have three that I gave you. The fourth one, you're going to have to come up with it. The three that I gave you are what? Look at God's providence. Nobody's writing them down or what? Look at God's power, secret to contentment. Look at his partnership. And the last one is look at his, and I'm not going to tell you. You thought I was, but I'm not going to slip, all right? God's providence. I live in a country where nobody in general knows God. To talk about God's providential hand in France is like you're a looney tune, you know? I walk out and I talk and I tell Carol, my neighbor, I said, look at the sunset. Look at God's beautiful power in the sky. Look at the colors. And she goes, would you stop talking about God? Because she doesn't know Him. She doesn't read the Scriptures. She doesn't she, does, she won't. We've, we've invited her to. She says, don't talk about God, please. I said, I got to. Look at, look at the sunset. Nobody is, is, is contented in France. You want to know something? They're pessimistic. The, the kids, number one killer of, of young people between 18 and 35, you know what it is? Suicide. They're hopeless. You take away the providential hand of God and you're left with your hands. And your hands are pitiful people. But they don't have it. They, they don't have it. They haven't had an opportunity. They had, some of them never seen a Bible. Some of them haven't touched a Bible. They, they, most of, I, we have a ministry where we just give hundreds of Bibles away just to get people to read one verse. So it's hard for me to talk about the providential hand of God to these people who've never experienced it. But you have... You have, and so I bring the thoughts back to America, and I, and I think, wow, really, what's, what's happening 
you know, in the States, um, we, look at, uh, we look at God's providence in, in America and we think, well, we're a contented people, aren't we? You, do you worry? You don't worry, do you? Raise your hand if you worry. No, there's some honest ones. Think of the growing potential of worry surrounding our circumstances in our day and in our life. Well, it, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, food, what are we going to eat? Raiment, covering the house. Here's one I know I'll get you. Social Security. Boy, it, was, it is so funny coming back to America in the middle of political campaign. I have never seen Christians so upset. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, I'm talking about you and I. I'm not talking about the guys on the outside. I'm just talking about Christians. They're so upset. What are we going to do? The wrong guy is going to get in the office. Or a girl, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Medicare. You know, and, and these guys, they got the answers. I mean, to all of your worries. Social Security, Medicare. One guy's going to build a wall. You ever heard about him, right? He's going to build it so tall, we don't have any worries. N nobody ever heard about the football end run? You know? <laughs> but I mean, it's going to, and it's going to take all of our problems away, right? And we're not going to have any more worries. And I'm not, I don't preach political sermons, okay? All I'm telling you is don't get caught up in this. Paul wants you to be happy, people. There, you, you, you take away your contentment, you don't have a testimony, people. Because you're worried about this and that and my children going haywire my grandchildren and there's certainly not going to be any social security for them they're the ones that are going to have to pay for us you know and uh, and then there's not going to be any more and don't get caught up in that your friends and your communities are looking for people who are stable who can say for me to live is christ and to die is gain and the rest doesn't matter and paul wants to teach us about this, this amazing providential hand. Epaphroditus comes in, and, and you, know, you know what happens in, in, uh, in these uh, third world countries and prisons? If, if people aren't bringing food, raiment to the prison, you know like in Mali where we were, and that's the way it was in Rome, they're not giving them ice cream and TV. Paul's not watching TV. He's not, he's not eating ice cream in prison. If somebody doesn't bring him food that loves him, he's not going to eat. Now this is the guy that's penning contentment to us. And he's telling the, I didn't, need, I didn't need you to send that gift, but thank you very much. Yeah. Providential hand. Secret to contentment. Genesis chapter 45, verses 5 to 9. You don't have, we don't have the time to go there, but it's a classic. Joseph is with his brothers, and he, he says, after all of this terrible circumstances in his life, you know what he tells them? He says, you, my brothers, you meant it for bad. In Genesis chapter 45, verses 5 to 9. But God, what? 
Just nail that one on all your bad circumstances. His providential hand. Paul's experiencing the same thing in Rome, getting ready to be killed. Uh, and then, and so we have verse, verses 10, uh, back in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Here's, here's the verses. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern, you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you never had an opportunity. That isn't the church of Jesus Christ today in Wilmington, I'll tell you. We got lots of opportunities. But those people were looking for some way to get a gift over to Paul who's suffering in Rome. He's, and he never doubted their love. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Can you say that this morning? Based on what you know about your God and his providential hand in your life, I have learned contentment. I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. That's, that's all. That's just so powerful for us this morning. You cannot miss that. None of my circumstances, could you, could you say that with me? Um, not out loud, but none of my circumstances will ever dictate the bar or the measurement or the level of my contentment. That's amazing. My contentment comes from an assuaged, calm, pure soul that trusts in God's providential care. We could just get there this morning. That's one secret. The, the, the second secret is, is the power. And I love this. Verses 12 and 13. I don't want to talk about need, Paul says, because I'm content. I've learned that in whatever state I am, I'll be happy. Verses now 12 and 13. 12 and 13. I know how to be, to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned that the secret of facing, uh, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and, hungry, and, and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through, Christ, through him who strengthens me. You, uh, you think about this, this abundance that he's had, you think about the need that he's had, and he's saying, through all of those circumstances, I've learned. There is a learning curve here, okay, that Paul has gone through. And there's no panic. There's no uh, jealousy about uh, people that do have while you don't have. There's no coveting, no complaining. It's an educational logic in verse 11. And the discovery of the, discovery of the secret is a mystery, the hidden treasure. I love, I love doing uh, treasure hunts with, with uh, our grandkids. And uh, Paul's saying that, you know, I've done this. And talking about his sufferings, you want, you want to know, it's worth going to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's just review that for a second. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty two.
He's, he's, he's talking about people who are trying to boast, and he's saying, listen, I, I, if there's boasting, it's a, if there's boasting, I can do that. In verse, uh, verse, tw- verse uh, 21b, I, I also dare to boast of that. Are, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they, are they, suffering, are, are they off, offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are, are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in city, dangers in wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers in toil and hardship, and on and on it goes. And this is the guy who's saying, I've got the power that sustains me and you can just read down through the rest of those verses it is amazing and we think we suffer we think we have bad days or bad circumstances this man is depending on power from above and verse verse 13 he says it all he says i can do all things through him who strengthens me so even when he has a slide even when there's a bad day coming or circumstances he doesn't get, he says, I can overcome. Can you, can you walk out of here with that kind of power today? You've got that providential hand. You've got that power of God working through you. I don't know. Some of us, I think we approach God and we, and we think he's the lotto or something, you know? Lotto, isn't that lotto? The, you pull the lever and all the, the stuff falls out. It isn't that way. I'm not talking about a Paul that has everything, everything nice. This man is, is filled with, with bad days, but he's content because he has power. He owns the power. Three, experience God's kind of partnership versus... Uh, Verses 14 to 18. Yet it was kind, to sh- kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians know, your, know that in the beginning of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Can you imagine? It's amazing. He's, he's done all these missionary churches. One. Even when he's in Thessalonica, the next stop, he, he's receiving gifts from the Philippian church. And, uh, and this partnership, he says, has been formed between you and, and, and me. The Philippian church and myself. And so he, he discusses this, and what's really interesting is this, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help, verse 16, for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your account. Paul, Paul is basically saying this. You're, you're giving the gift, and so consequently there's this lien that the French call this unity between you and me. 
And I'm glad that you gave me the gift because what's happening here is that you're getting fruit that accrues to your account. That's a different way of looking at why you send missionaries. <laughs> what happens in France? You're partaking. You're accruing people on your account because you sent us to France. That's, I'm not making it up. That's what he's saying. He says you get to participate in this, this fruit that's happening. This is the kind of partnership that we need to experience. Paul says, I'm over here, and he could add working like a dog, and, and, and you're gaining. That's, that's what he's trying to Thank you so much. And so it's not just pertaining to attending to his needs and his physical problems that he might be having, but you are gaining fruit. Now think about, think about that. What is he doing in Rome? What is happening in Rome? I didn't read you the passage that I had written down about the Philippian church. This church gave out of poverty. I can take you to the, the text. They passed on gifts out of their poverty. And Paul says, thank you very much. I, I didn't need it. God will always take care of me, but thank you very much. And now that you've done what you've done, you get to accrue. Do we give that way? Do we partner that way? Do we understand that kind of partnership? Have we experienced it? Verse 14 that I breezed over, yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. You know, I just wrote down on a side list here how Bethel has shared in our trouble. And some of you haven't known us that long. Were you here 37 years ago? Could you raise your hand? Raise them higher. Four. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm in the fourth quarter here, Pastor. That's what you said, man. <laughs> Four people raising. Bethel shared in the initial support raising process of, for, for Sue and I. You said, these are our missionaries. We are behind them. We went to Africa. We wrote you about famine. We wrote you about people dying in our arms. You partnered with us. Sickness, hepatitis, I mean malaria, almost losing Sue out there. You partnered with us. Trouble, heat. Sue thought she could figure out the heat in Mali. We go to 140, 150. The first term, she just had those little candles. You know, romantic candles, like about that big around. And she lights them up. And she always said, they all, they all went over. It was too hot. So you have candles like this. She said, I'm smartening up. Next time, I'm taking back the big, major, thick ones, you know, those big, those big ones. She took them back, and in that 140, 150-degree heat, the big ones went over, so we couldn't beat it. You partnered with us. We made it. We made it through that. Language study, two times, the death of our son. Do you realize what it meant to talk to Pastor Ryle? <laughs> 
Bethel was there. He was, he was talking to us. You sent pastor over to us even in Mali. Steve sleepwalking off our roof. Do you remember that? Sleepwalking off, of, dropping eight meters. He, he gets out of his mosquito net, jumps a wall, gets on top of it, walks off our roof. That's where we slept that night. And he falls down and crushes his ankle. And it was you that received us back here in Wilmington. What was the name of the hospital? There you go. I got so many, I got so many more. I've got the rebel situation. Not knowing what to do. Gotta leave Molly. Gotta leave a place where I thought God, you know, I thought we was gonna die there. And they come in driving in with their loaded high powered machine guns mounted behind their pickup trucks. What do you do? You know, the communication coming home, what do I do? You were there. Bethel was there in the trouble spots. Sue's dad's death, cancer. Sue's mom's death. Building the physical church, buying the new land. 37 years of fellowshipping in the ministry partnership. That's what it means to come home. I think that's what Paul was saying. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble I gotta hurry right it's 1142 what does that mean <laughs> secrets to contentment number four did you figure it out um And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He, because they were in ba bad shape, they were in poverty. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Now this man is going to lose his head and he's telling, my God is going to supply all your need. So what is point number four, the secrets of contentment? You, you have the other four? The other three, I should say? God's providential hand? God's power, what else? God's partnership, and the last one is God's provision, did you say? Can it fit? <laughs> I didn't even know they were doing that behind me. Have they been doing that the whole time? Okay. Yeah. P-R-O-M-I-S-E, promise. Did you, who, how many saw thought that? Don't lie. <laughs> secrets to contentment you cannot you cannot miss this one he promised my god shall supply all your need he's doing it for me paul says he's going to do it for you they were giving out of their poverty i think that's so great that that handles all the future my god shall supply all your need he's going to do it for your kids He's going to do it for your grandkids. Be content. Secrets to contentment. Know his provision and his promise. I know that some of you were saying provision. Promise. I am blessed. 
Paul says, I've been blessed. My God will supply now all your needs. I, uh, I've been wanting to go back to verse 17 really bad because I don't know how much you want fruit in France. And people tell us, why are you going back to France? Why do you want to die in France? Why do you want to kickstart at 60 years old number two church and number three church? And why do you want to stay there? I mean, they're atheists. They claim to be Catholics. They claim to be Christians. They claim to, 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 to all these things, but they haven't opened up the Bible. And they've been doused with humanistic philosophy and since the revolution. I mean, uh, these people are... It wasn't, they, they weren't printing on their, on their money like we did after our revolution in God what we trust they killed god when they when they killed louis the 16th with that guillotine that, that louis the 16th perfected and, and changed and told him to, to change the blade put it like that so it can cut more effectively when they killed him they killed god's representative to the french people that's what the catholic church that's what they that that it meant they were not going to be penning in god we trust on any of their coins after the Rev revolution Don and Sue, why do you want to keep going back? And I say to you, why not France? They need it. That's where I want Bethel to accrue fruit. And that's what we came home to tell you. There's no exposure. The, the Scriptures are so rare. They need to read. The culture drives, drives them into spiritual timidity. They hide behind their beautiful hedges. Yeah, the, the evangelical statistic hasn't changed. 0.7 of 1%. But we're going to keep banging at it. We're going to keep going back. And we need you to say, get out of here, Don and Sue. We want to accrue fruit in France. We need this same message over there. We need to be content to do the ministry in France. And we need your prayers. I'm tired Tired of seeing people. You know, you go to your cemeteries and how many, how many years back do you get to look at? Tell me, how old is this country? A couple hundred years? Sue and I, when we walk through cemeteries, we got to look at people that had died 500 years ago. And you know what? They still haven't heard. They still haven't heard. That's why we're going. And we want Bethel to just, just grab a little fruit along the way. So keep praying for us, okay? Pastor, you told me I could invite the people uh, back up here when I survey the wondrous cross. Um, so you can make your way back up here, if you will, and, and I'll be content to pray with you while they come. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and your concern for not only Wilmington, North Wilmington, where Bethel is situated, but God, thank you for um, the opportunities that is in France as well. We partner together, Lord. We claim contentment this morning. We want to go out with your power, with your providential hand. We want to partner together, and we will, we will exploit your promise. 
we can do all things through Christ. And we look forward to that strength. In Jesus' name, amen.